right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of your Philadelphia Eagles Insiders Podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Ed Kratz, joined by John McMullen, the uh, co-host who does this show with me. We are with the Fans First Sports Network, and uh, right now we're standing outside the NovaCare Complex on a very brisk, fall-like Thursday afternoon. Eagles will be getting uh, started for practice here shortly, so we thought we'd jump in and talk a little bit about what happened Monday night in Tampa and look a little bit ahead to Sunday's game against the Washington Commanders, which is, by the way, only one of three one o'clock games the Eagles will play this season, which is remarkable that uh, they're only playing three of those and one of them is Sunday. But uh, John, uh, let's jump back a little bit to Monday night's win against the Buccaneers. What what are some of your takeaways from that 25-11 win the Eagles had. Yeah, well, it feels like football now. It did not feel like football <laughs> weather in Tampa. It was yeah. about 90 and humid. Uh, yeah, but the Eagles, uh, I, you know, they played well. Um, you you, you kind of looked up at the end of the third quarter. They were dominating uh, 400 yards, about to 99 for Tampa Bay. They dominated the game, but they didn't finish drives. I think they were disappointed by that. We just talked to offensive coordinator Brian Johnson some of the red zone issues. It was 25 to 11, but it wasn't that close. The Eagles dominated. The, the running game is great, but it, it, it's good for the coaching staff, Ed, because they keep winning these games, but they're not playing that well. So you have things to to teach and, and emphasize from a coaching perspective, still winning games. It's pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah, I mean... You know, it's you say, oh, well, the offense really hasn't hit on all cylinders yet, and they haven't, but they put up 472 yeah. yards of offense against Tampa Bay, over 200 yards on the ground. And Tampa Bay's defense is, over the last three or four years, been one of the hardest defenses yeah. to run against. And, again, DeAndre Swift, 16 carries, 130 yards, 8.1 yards per carry. Uh, very, very impressive in that area. And then uh, you look at how the Eagles finished that game, that nine-minute drive, nine minutes and 22 seconds. And Sirianni touched on that yesterday. He said that Howie Roseman, the GM, reminded him of just when the last time the Eagles offense ran a, a drive that went for over nine minutes. Nine minutes. And that was in 2017. Sirianni was the wide receivers coach for the Los Angeles, yeah. or the, I guess it was still the San Diego Chargers at that point. In the soccer stadium. Uh, in the, yeah, that blockbuster stadium, I think yeah. it was called. But yeah. uh, that was the last time it happened. And the Eagles did that drive, and they killed the clock. The defense didn't have yeah. to take the field. And it was important because Tampa Bay had just pulled within 25-11. They got a touchdown and the two-point conversion. Two touchdowns. There's still nine minutes and 22 seconds left. You figure, okay, if they get the ball back, make a stop, maybe they can really make this interesting, but the Eagles never gave them the chance. They never let them have the ball again. It was sort of no moss. Uh, They just uh, beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers into giving up, tapping out. Nine-minute, they always call it four-minute offense in the NFL. The Eagles turned that into a nine-minute and 22, (laughs) just drained the clock. Uh, some of those holes in the running game we mentioned. I saw this one stat. At, the Eagles have had over 425 yards for two consecutive weeks, over 200 rushing yards for two consecutive weeks. First time they've done that since 1950. Wow. And people say, oh, the offense isn't doing that well. I think people just expected the offense to hum in a different way with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts throwing the football. But it's been very impressive over the past two weeks. And some of those holes are, 
you know, they were wider than Dale Mabry Highway down there in Tampa. <laughs> the great aviator. Yeah, like, from World aviator War One, yeah. Knowledge. Uh, I if got you that ever, for you. Yeah, if you've ever been to Tampa Stadium, Raymond James Stadium, that's on Dale Mabry Way, and Dale Mabry was a former World <laughs> War One aviator <laughs> from Tampa yeah. uh, who was unfortunately killed in one of the worst uh, Aviation accidents. Yeah, one of the worst aviation accidents in history. Of course, we had only been flying for maybe a handful of years at that point. (laughs) So it must have been pretty bad. But anyway, uh, not to get off track here. uh, That that score, I just want to point out, the Eagles 25-11 score. Never happened before. Never happened in the NFL, according to an account called Scorigami. You can find them on Twitter. But it never happened. And all the life of the NFL, there was never a 25-11 game. So that, that was a very weird thing. Um, but, you know, we're talking about the offense and maybe not humming the way people expect it. It looks like they have kind of a punt return game now. Britton Covey oh, yeah. uh, took one back for, what, 52 yards, was it? 52 yards, career high. Yeah. Since week 13 of last season, he leads the NFL in everything when it comes to punt returns. Punt return yards, punt return average, most returns over 10 yards. And I think it's gone under the radar for the most part. Yeah. Um, people don't realize how good of a punt returner this kid has turned into. For whatever reason, if anybody's ever seen him, we talk to him all the time. Nicest kid in the world. He's five foot eight. He does not look like an NFL football player. But boy, he's quick. He's got juice. He's smart. He takes the football. He understands his role. And he's become one of the best punt returners in the NFL. So you talk about all the stars on this Philadelphia Eagles team. All of a sudden, they have another playmaker you have to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, Eagles fans were really hard on Covey last year to start. They wanted him gone. They wanted somebody else to do it. And and now look what happens when you just have a little bit of patience. I mean, he has developed into a very good player. And you know what else about Covey we learned? And we kind of got the sense because, like John said, we, we talked to him quite a bit. He's, you know, he's such a likable guy. You talk to him. is He's very popular among his teammates. His teammates love the kid because he's the same guy. He, he says hello to everybody. He talks to everybody. He uses their names when he talks to you. And Michael Clay, we just talked to the special teams coordinator here this morning, and he was saying that how great it was to see after that 52-yard return that he put – put out there he came to the sidelines and everybody mobbed him i mean that's what his teammates think of him you know he's talking about veterans like Derek barnett and terrell edmonds you know mobbing the kid and congratulating him and and some of the younger guys are like you know hey great job i mean they want to see this kid do well and he's rewarding them right now with you know some of the yards he's been able to get in the punt return game and it's not easy you know this isn't a league anymore where you have guys that can just rip off 75 yard punt return touchdowns it just doesn't happen now that often Often. And uh, Tampa Bay has one of the best punters in football, uh, Jake Carmona. Um, Trust Way this week, one of the best punters yeah. in football, um, makes it difficult. I think the punters are better today. The hang times are higher. They kick it farther. Um, the athletes are better. Uh, Marcus Jones uh, from New England, it was interesting because they're good friends, Marcus Jones and Britton Covey. They were the best two returners in college football, and Marcus turned into – an all-pro last year in his rookie season, and now here's Britton Covey leading the NFL. That's translated over to the NFL. The best two returners in college football have magically turned into the best two punt returners in the NFL. Uh, That's a nice little story as well. But, yeah, it's just another tool that this team has. They didn't necessarily have that early last season, 
Right. Now you got to throw the punt return game into the mix, and that just makes the Eagles even more difficult. Absolutely. Uh, and something else off of that Monday game was the Eagles broke in a new punter, Braden Mann. He only punted one time. Uh, it was a 38-yarder, good hang time, pinned Tampa Bay inside the 20, which is always a good thing. But uh, even more importantly was there were no issues on the, uh, the uh, snap-hold kick operation. You know, man, obviously, is the holder in that operation. But Jake Elliott was as seamless as he usually is, made a few field goals, made his PATs, and uh, it was business as usual from Braden Mann. Uh, you know, maybe we'll, I'm sure we'll see more of his punts on Sunday against Washington. Um, Not necessarily. <laughs> Washington, though, has a tremendous uh, front four. Brian Johnson was just talking about it. Now that Chase Young is finally healthy, about a year and a half when he was you know not able to play now he's playing like he was supposed to play as the number two overall pick a couple years ago they have four first round picks chase young montez sweat jonathan allen deron Payne. they're all really really talented that's an interesting matchup because you have the best offensive line in football against probably the best defensive line in football so that's going to be fun to watch yeah. but Everything else kind of tilts towards the Eagles. And I, I just want to point out that John just rattled off those four first-round picks without the help of any cheat sheets. I know you can't see us, but he just pulled those right got, off the top And there's of the a head. B attacking me <laughs> yeah, as there's well. There's a B attacking me. So very impressive there from John. But, uh, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to be a challenge for this running game. The Eagles have the number one rushing attack in football right now. DeAndre Swift is second in the league in rushing yards with 308 behind Christian McCaffrey from the 49ers, who has 353. And uh, by the way, that's in really in two games for DeAndre Swift right. because he had two touches in week one. Right, one carry. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he had 175 against the Vikings, and then 11 days later, 130 against Tampa Bay. So, you know, this is going to be a challenge uh, for the Eagles to run the ball with the success they've had two games now, over 200 yards rushing. Um, but they can do it. I mean, this offensive line, to me, uh, I know John thinks could be better than last year's offensive line. Then there's only been the one change with Cam, Cam Jurgens taking over for Isaac Ciamalo at right guard. But what, what do you think of the offensive line against the, this defensive well, front? you know, part of the reason I said that is because Landon Dickerson has taken another step. Uh, I, you know, he's playing like an all-pro. Last year was a Pro Bowl selection. Now he's playing like an all-pro. He just devastated a Tampa Bay defender on a on – a, on a, a kickout block, just pancaked him. Jordan Mailata, I think a lot of people forget, did not play as expected. He, he hurt his shoulder and against Jacksonville early in the season. A lot of people feared it would be season, end, season ending at the time. He fought through it, but he wasn't the same until later in the season. <clears throat> and he got healthy and started playing like Jordan Mailata. Well, this year he's playing like Jordan Mailata the entire season through three games to this point. So he's been phenomenal. You know, Kelsey and Lane Johnson, they're the, the future Hall of Famers. I, I, they're loaded. And Cam Jurgens has been seamless. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Samali was a great player. Cam Jurgens looks, I don't want to say better, but he's different. He's more athletic. You see these kick out, these inside, these outside zones. He can get down the field. It's almost like having a second Kelsey. It, yeah. it is a really good offensive line. Well, that's why he was drafted to be the second Kelsey. But Kelsey just keeps on coming back year after year. He's not retiring. But yeah, Cam was obviously the big question. One of the questions coming into you know training camp this summer was, you know, would he be the answer? He's a little undersized. 
Um, but it, it hasn't manifested itself. I mean, he's still, uh, you know, going out there these first three weeks and played very well. And it helps, obviously, like you said, you got two Hall of Famers on each side of you, Lane and, and Jason, and, and that probably helps certainly with the comfort level uh, to be, you know, wedged in there between those two players. Uh, so, yeah, the offensive line looks looks really, really good. And, you know, you flip it to the other side, and that defensive front – I mean, just beastly. I mean, they're the number one ranked run defense. Yeah. I, or maybe number two. They might one or two. No, they're not, they're the number one ranked run defense. They're number two ranked run offense. Okay, that's what uh, it is. Miami's a little bit better because they had a two hundred yard game yeah. from game from Devin Atkane, their rookie. Um, oh. They weren't supposed to have a good running game. So Miami's an interesting story, and the Eagles play them down the road. That might be the first real test for the Eagles. Um, But don't want to jump past this game, Washington, because remember, Ed, they've won 20 of 21 games with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback. The one is the Washington Commanders. Beat them last year. So that's the one game they lost with Jalen Hurts in the regular season as the starter over those past 21 games. And they did it by running the football. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that because probably the biggest leap from last season to this season amongst Eagles players, Jordan Davis. Yeah. Just has been an absolute monster in the middle. Big part of the safety they had against Tampa Bay. Just drove two guys into the end zone. Nicholas Morrow was able to take advantage of that to get uh, in on that safety. Um, he has been tough to move. And when you got that big guy in the middle, it just makes it easy to stop the run game. Yeah, and then and then Jalen Carter. I mean, you know, he's looking like a defensive rookie of the year. He's not playing. He only played 21 snaps. Of course, the Eagles only had 47 defensive snaps against Tampa. I mean, that's how dominant they were in the time of possession. But uh, the fact are in Jalen Carter and, and Davis and Carter are good friends from the oh, time yeah. together at Georgia. They're really happy to be playing side by side, you know, with each other this year. And he's been a huge factor. I mean. To show you the impact Carter has made, he got up the middle on one rush against Baker Mayfield, and Mayfield stepped up, and I talked to Marlon Tui Pulato after the game because he got a sack on that play, and I said, you know, talk about the sack. And he said, well, that was Jalen Carter. He goes, he just forced Mayfield to step up, and I'm standing there, so I tackled him. I mean, it was that easy. But that's the kind of impact that Jalen Carter has had. And then Fletcher Cox has, you know, he's been around, obviously, for, what, 12 years now. Uh, Just to me, he's off to one of the better starts of his career. I mean, he's a great player. He's had good starts to his career before. But, you know, he's really uh, been kind of the linchpin of that defensive front. I think it helps uh, Fletcher. He doesn't have to play as much. He's he's used to playing a lot of reps. He never had this sort of help next to him. We haven't even mentioned Milton Williams who's having a good year. They're so deep on the defensive front. You mentioned Marlon Tui Pelotu. They also have Contavia Street. They go six deep at defensive tackle. Yeah. They go at least four deep, really five deep at, on the edge because you have Hassan Reddick. And I know people are upset because the sacks aren't there, but the pressures are still there. Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Nolan Smith is starting to show up. It's ridiculous yeah. how deep the Eagles are up front. And they're going to need it this week, Ed, because my one concern is and we're going to go out to practice in a few minutes here. Justin Evans, starting safety, neck injury. Eagles had a walkthrough um, yesterday. We're taping this uh, uh, Thursday. Um, 
They had a walkthrough Wednesday, so it was only an estimation, but Justin Evans did not practice. Sidney Brown did not practice with a ham and hamstring injury. So they could be down two safeties, and Sidney Brown has moved to that slot, and he looks like he's the long-term answer in, in that position, uh, but he might not be there this week. Yeah, those are two tricky injuries that the Eagles on a short week are going to try to navigate through. You know, the, it's a hamstring for, for Sydney. Uh, and I talked to him in the locker room after Monday's game, and he said, you know, I, I feel good. I feel like I could go out there, but they're just being cautious because hamstrings are tricky. You know, you could make this a one-week injury or it could become a four-week injury. So they're going to be careful with that. And Justin Evans with a neck injury, you know, that, that sounds like a stinger. Uh, I remember when Jordan Howard was a running back here, he missed several games with yeah. a, a stinger neck injury. So, you know, you could be looking at, uh, you know, some uh, an absence here from Justin Evans. I guess it's a good sign that he hasn't been put on IR yeah. at this point. Right. That is a very good sign. Yeah, so, you know, maybe he is ready to go. But you're right, they're going to have to really shuffle more pieces. And, and Sean Desai, their coordinator, has done a good job of that so far. You mentioned the slot. I mean, they put Bradbury in the slot for some of those nickel reps. Never did it in his career, and, and he did okay. But Sidney Brown, Desai said today, it's there's opportunity for him to earn that job as soon as he's healthy. And I suspect he's going to do it. Brown said that he played close to the line of scrimmage. He played the slot at the University of Illinois, and it feels like home to him, the slot, even more so than safety. So, you know, that's encouraging. You know, Sidney Brown's a talented player, a yeah. red star player that the Eagles like to talk about. Uh, they don't give that acknowledgement to too many players, but Sidney Brown got that, a red yeah. star player. So uh, about 10 a year only in the draft, and it encompasses more than just the football <laughs> aspect, the off-the-field aspect everything they like about the player and Sidney Brown was one of those guys so they do like him and ultimately they want to get him up back they want to get him out on the field and this is a way to do it this is an opportunity to do it and I think long term that's going to be the answer without Avante Maddox without Zach McPherson it's going to be Sidney Brown how quick can you get there though I think that's that's the issue. And until then, it's going to have to be James Bradbury. Maybe Mario Goodrich has got to be back this week because if, if two defensive backs can't play, maybe Eli Ricks even has to get out of his comfort zone and outside corner. Um, yeah, they're going to have to piecemeal it. But that's the good news, Ed. It makes it easier when that pass rush is always getting home, always making the quarterback uncomfortable. It helps those guys on the back end. And we've seen Sam Howell. Listen, I don't know how Sam Howell, the quarterback of the Commanders, can play any worse than he did against Buffalo last week. Four interceptions, was sacked nine times. Uh, and, you know, Ron Rivera, the coach, is sticking with him. He's not going to turn to Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Howell is a young quarterback learning to grow, but I just can't see how he's going to play any worse. And Washington's going to come in here with confidence of having won here last year. It's a big early season test in the NFC East. If Washington can somehow find a way to win, Eagles commanders are sitting at three and one in the nfc east you know uh, you know with october unfolding before us so uh, it's a huge game yeah the eagles are significant favorites and they should be but let's be honest arizona beat dallas i mean this is the nfl everybody's got good players and i mentioned a bunch of them on washington's front you can talk offensively they have good receivers. Terry McLaurin's one of the most underrated receivers in football. Jahan Dotson's a former first-round pick. They have Curtis Samuel as a manufactured sort of touch player. Brian Robinson at running back. 
They have a lot of good players. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you don't bring your A game, anybody can beat you in this league. Yeah, they're, 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 they're prideful professionals, and they got their, you know, pride stepped on last week against the Bills. So I expect a much fiercer Washington Commanders team Sunday. I'm not saying they're going to win. Uh, I mean, we could end this with a prediction if you want, John, uh, if you're ready to go there. It is only Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles are going to win the game because they always find a way to win the game with Jalen Hurts. I just mentioned 20-1 and one, last 21 start regular season starts with Jalen Hurts uh, under center, which he rarely is because he's always in the shotgun, but you get the point. Um, when he's out there, they win. I do think it's going to be a, a little bit more difficult that cliche, it's a cliche for a reason. Division games tend to be closer because there is a, a familiarity aspect. They tend to be closer than fans maybe think they will be. So I do think the Eagles are going to win the game probably 27-21-ish. Okay. I'm going a little bit lower score. I think I'm going to go Eagles 20-23, 20, uh, Washington 16. Um, but with that said, it's getting close to practice time, and uh, John and I will be back at another point to, uh, to talk more about it. But thanks for joining us here, your Philadelphia Eagles Insider podcast on the Fan First Sports Network.